Drink and Guinness, the world record organization, suddenly became known to me during our Billy Mitchell series. Yes. <laughs> well, I, uh, I was watching uh, Red Letter's review of Bram Stoker's Dracula, and in the very beginning, they do this bit with Coppola wine. I didn't know that wine was actually produced under director Francis Ford Coppola. Would have been my first guess. It's the only yeah. Coppola I know. <laughs> I don't know, like. I mean, or I guess it's his company or estate or whatever. But I, 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 I followed. <laughs> I've followed movies pretty closely during my life, was employed at a theater, also worked at a bar, incidentally, where we sold bottles of Coppola wine, and I never once thought they shared anything except a name. I went a long time it's without ever knowing that Crystal Skull Vodka came from Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd. so... <laughs> that makes sense, because it's not the same name. It's not like Aykroyd Vodka. Coppola could be a common name. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> Apparently it's but not how many Coppolas do you know with enough money to open a winery? <laughs> <laughs> well, th that's, that is true. But the, the bottles themselves, the label is really like, doesn't, I mean, I don't think his full name is even on it. No, but, but I mean, that's how Wayne Gretzky has a wine in Canada. <laughs> it's called Gretzky Estates. And I saw that and that doesn't have like a hockey player on it. I would associate a, a prestigious filmmaker with wine. I don't know if I would do the same for a hockey player. It's a dessert wine. Nothing against, oh, all right. Vin Diesel has his own kind of fuel, you know? So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think. It's the most famous Diesel I know. It's the only person I know with enough... Uh... Enough money to start now. Go ahead. Open up an oil mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we can all agree here that making games is not easy. It's time-consuming, expensive, stressful. Even getting to the point where a single project can see release demands a near endless list of tasks to complete, purely to function. As the medium grew, so did the use of sharing engines between developers in an effort to alleviate some of these issues. Although... What if we were to try and give those same tools to the everyday person wishing to pursue the craft for themselves, create an equal playing field to studios of all shapes and sizes across the globe that shared a love for one of our favorite forms of expression and entertainment? Um, so what would need to be done to accomplish this? Unreal was already becoming popular for similar reasons, but this had to be more accessible with a friendlier ease of use. It had to be cross-platform with support on every possible modern device under the sun, including those that integrate VR and mobile phones. Most of all, though, it had to sport an enticing price model. A reasonable license so that anyone, anywhere, regardless of capital, could start up their own in-house venture. And these weren't restricted to only video games, either. Its assistance in 3D modeling has been adopted by loads of other industries, animation and film, cars, construction and architecture, robotics, really engineering in general. From 2005 to today and beyond, Unity continues to be a vital part of all things development. Its frequent updates to add new features has led to an innumerable amount of hardworking artists and programmers, big and small, to embrace as well as appreciate its contributions to the digital world. So why does it stink? This is hard. This is hot button. I'm Randall Petrus <laughs> here with those infinitely more tech savvy than me. Austin Blakesley. Hello. And Andrew Banks. Infinite times zero is still zero. 
<laughs> Obviously, I was just teasing at the end of that intro there. Um, so much that What's I it? tripped over my joke. <laughs> uh, I believe you both know my thoughts on this engine sometimes, though. And uh, it's now time to convince me otherwise. Yeah? Okay. That's what this, that's what this <laughs> whole topic's about. All right. So before we get into the founding of the company and the engine, Unity. Okay. Both called the exact same thing, which will get confusing later. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's set the stage for where game development as a whole was at in the early 2000s. The early aughts. So let's play a little game to start. Throw All out right. some engines you remember people using in the early 2000s. Torque. Renderware. Okay. Renderware. Yes. <laughs> Randy, as Randy said, Unreal. Unreal, yeah. It was, in the intro. When did 2 come out? Unreal, Unreal 2? Well. Yeah, Unreal 2 would have been Oh, sorry. I, I was, no, yeah, so I was getting the, the Quake 2 engine was the other one I was thinking of. Id Tech. Id Tech, yeah. Id Tech is another one. Yeah, yeah. I actually. What was Valve? Uh, gold the, Source. Yeah. So, yeah. so Valve. Yeah, gold yeah, Valve's Gold Source was based off of Id Tech, though. Like, they got an Id Tech mm. disc and then spun off some stuff off of that. <laughs> Uh, I believe Unreal yeah. was also loosely based on Intech as well. I don't know that for a fact. That could be true. Yeah. Hmm. If you want to learn more about Unreal's history, check out the Epic vs. <laughs> right. Silicon Knights episode because I go over it a little bit in detail there. <laughs> yeah, I think you named all the big ones. The only other okay. two that I could think of, because I tried, I tried to play this game on my own without Wikipediaing it or anything. The only other two I have on my list are Gamebryo. Oh, right. Yeah. Which used to be called Net something. Morrowind, it wasn't called Gamebryo, but it's the same engine. And then um, in the Infinity engine, the Bioware engine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which they later, re EA, after buying Bioware, renamed a new engine that Madden ran on, the Infinity engine, which only made everything more confusing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was not a top-down isometric RPG. Yeah. I, it's it's funny whenever that happens, and it's like, oh, this engine wasn't actually built for this before, but then. <laughs> but oh no, that was a, that problems. was a totally different engine with just with the same name. Oh yeah, why did they do that then? Good <laughs> question. They just liked the name so much they thought. Yep. <laughs> and then they made EA Ignite, and then they just started yeah. making everything on Frostbite. Frostbite. Yeah. But yeah, many of the engines I named are very very powerful, and we all know them for mm -hmm. a reason. Their logos are at their beginning of a lot of games we all love, hold, love uh, and hold dearly. The splash screens. Yep. <laughs> um, but there's one problem with everything we named. For the most part, it's all proprietary. I think the only exception to that might be Source, mm. which is proprietary, but you can mod it. Yeah, and they had a licensing agreement, but I think they, you know, they made it pretty clear from the get-go that they weren't really going to push the licensing portion of I was going to say, what... What non-Valve projects use Source even today? Titanfall. I mean, Titanfall is the is the one that yeah yeah. That's why it feels so good. Yes, <laughs> I like the Source engine. I don't know. There's probably CS people out there screaming. But yeah, proprietary. For those of you that don't know what proprietary means, or a little overview here. Basically, in order to use any of these engines to build a game, you probably had to have a couple lawyers behind you to draw up contracts. And you had to get in <laughs> contact with Epic or. <laughs> Id's lawyers and have them draw up contracts and then come to some sort of agreement through a meeting with some more lawyers and pay a bunch of money. How sorted. Huh? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it sounds 
Yeah. It's simple. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Free engines for use by the general public were a thing, but we're talking like Game, game Maker, maker. <laughs> and RPG Maker. Hey, all of Miami made it work. Yeah. Oh, RPG Maker. Yeah. Those Mugen. were on console, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mugen. <laughs> Mugen, yeah. But like, not, not, to salty, but... not terrible engines. I mean, one of my favorite games of all time, Hotline Miami, and yeah. its sequel are made on Game Maker. But, like an A. But they were really only helpful for making simple 2D games. Yeah, they, he works within the confines of... Hotline Miami is like is the best thing that anybody could make in Game Maker, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with Game Maker, though. <laughs> Contrast this with software for the rest of the field of creative media, right? Mm-hmm. Programs like the Adobe Suite, Photoshop, Premiere, Illustrator, After Effects, uh, Final Cut Pro, and Autodesk software like CAD programs or, or Maya for 3D modeling. You've probably used all of these. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> Uh, we can talk about how all these companies are now changing to shitty subscription models, or how maybe yeah. Photoshop in the in the early aughts for seven hundred dollars wasn't exactly affordable. It was a lot more affordable on Pirate Bay, is what I understand. Yeah, but I was going to say uh... everyone had a cracked copy. Even people who used it professionally, like it was absurd. I'm pretty sure that's why they moved to the subscription model. <laughs> yes, all all of this is true. It wasn't exactly hey, uh, affordable. By the way, I can speak music, uh, like like audio software, it's just as bad. Yeah, but lo- <laughs> but logic and reason are still no, under a grand. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, a lot of like Pro Tools and Reason and stuff switched to subscriptions too. Like, yeah, we're using Sonar. Reaper. It's thirty dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, like when I was in college, that shit was like, yeah, like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. But yeah, not Ugh. not something that you could theoretically just download off the internet unless you do it illegally and just become (laughs) go from amateur to pro and stuff and for those people there were open source alternatives and some of those have been adopted i think the the best example is probably blender is an open source alternative to maya and i think just as many pros use blender as maya now it's it's become very popular in especially in 3d animation it was also a game engine. I think they dropped that recently. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I was going to say, I can't think of any game that... I, I'm sure we could find that on Wikipedia, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were just like, oh, nobody's really using the game engine part. Yeah, like They're just the using fucking... the modeling, so we're just going to move forward with the modeling, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but the, the point uh, that I'm trying to make here is that game engines were not as accessible as everything else. You know, somebody who wanted to get into film could go buy a copy of Adobe's Premiere Pro or Apple's Final Cut Pro, and they would start editing video with all the same tools that the pros do. I mean, those two softwares are used in Hollywood all the time, right? You know, it's the same with Photoshop. It's like if you see a picture in a magazine, it was digitally edited using Photoshop. You could theoretically spend a bunch of time in Photoshop and do that yourself if you have a subscription now, I guess. But games didn't have that. This didn't exist for amateur game development. To make a game, you had to build an engine, mm. which isn't the easiest task, right? If you're one guy and you're... Could you have did it all by himself nah, with his no bare nope. hands with in a, a box game. of scraps. <laughs> with a box of scraps. <laughs> um, Resident Evil did it until I found out that that's not what RE actually stands for. Which, reach for the moon. Yeah, yeah, that's way dumber. <laughs> Just, it has a zombie hand. Yeah, but he's reaching for a moon. 
So right, continue. Yeah. Is moon spelled with an E in I'm Japanese? Like, or I'm annoyed all over again. <laughs> yeah. You had to build your own engine. Not an easy task. Not something that some guy who is really good at hand-drawn animation and wants to turn it into a video game could do like they can nowadays. But mm-hmm. a lot of people did. You know? Yeah. I mean, but there's a reason that there was an indie boom in the mid-2000s. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and we'll get there. One very important person to our story decided to do just that, build an engine for their game. His name, now or let's, her name, let's, their name was... You want me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> let's hop on a plane, uh, let's get in our time machine, and go back to May of 2002. Then hop on a plane and go over to Copenhagen, Denmark. How many planes are we getting on? Well, Just... we, got, we got to fly to the time machine and then fly to Denmark. <laughs> exactly. That, that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> to meet a man named Nicholas Francis. Cool. Sitting in alone in his apartment, posting on an open GL forum. You see, Francis... How do you know he was alone? What if he had a cat? That's true. He might have. <laughs> I don't know how popular cats are in, in Denmark. Um, <laughs> hey, Francis uh, was a bit of a masochist, in my opinion, and we'll get to a lot of those, but he was <laughs> both an avid game developer. I was going to say, anybody who develops video game has to be sure, a bit but, masochist. Sure, uh, but, me. but no, masochist. Let's, let's go one step worse. Francis was both an avid game developer and an avid Mac user. Oh. That's, that's true. That is masochism. <laughs> yes. Um, Don't. The laptop recording this podcast will hear you. <laughs> Yeah, Tim Cook's going to come beat us up. Uh, He's got goons for that. That's true. But yeah, he posted on a forum, and he asked if anybody would like to collaborate on an open-source Mac shader compiler that he was making for himself, but also for other Mac game developers like him out there. He didn't get a lot of hits, I guess rightfully so, But, but a high school student from Germany... Uh, by the name of Joachim Anti, responded. Anti was working with a couple of his friends on his own game, and Anti was working on the engine for this game. Uh, so the two decided to, after some talking through the internet, the two decided to continue their own engine project separately, but to collaborate on the shader part of it. So they wanted to Got build it. this open source shader for Mac. And they were going to do it remotely over the internet, which to those then, of you out there that don't know, that's not as easy in 2002. It, it's, it hasn't even been that easy in 2020. No, it hasn't, <laughs> but even worse back then. Yeah, I bet. Probably a lot less exposing yourself on Zoom calls back then. <laughs> true. Yeah, back then when you exposed yourself, it was like a little thumb, like a stamp-sized... You, you had to wait for it to load, uh, load line by line, yeah. you know, like very slowly. Uh-huh. Yeah, Xbox Live Vision camera. Yeah, where everybody just exposed <laughs> themselves on Uno or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people just doing blow in the corner. Yeah. Just taking, putting their custom uh, faces on the Rainbow Six character. Yes, it was just oh my god, it was... Yeah, it, yeah. Was, <laughs> it's like the, it was just like a JPEG wrapped around a 3D head. I remember in Burnout 2, there was, uh, like, uh, or, well, or Burnout 3, I meant Burnout T-O-O, uh, or no, not 3, Paradise, Paradise, Paradise sorry, yeah. that had the ID system, Yeah. and so I remember playing against someone online, that, like, when they passed me their ID, the picture was just an ass. <laughs> we put a lot of trust in people on the internet for a while there. Yep. Uh, he got the best of me, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, after working on the internet for a while, the two decided to finally meet up in person. So, uh, Auntie flew on over to Denmark, to Copenhagen, and uh, the two met up, and they realized uh, what you all probably thought when I said that they decided to continue their own engine project separately, why not just build the engine together? Hey. They decided to do exactly that. They decided to combine forces on one single game engine. So they camped out in the apartment of Francis's friend, David Helgeson, while he was out of town, and they spent several days merging their code bases and choosing features from each other's engines to add together into one engine. Hmm. So a new plan started to take shape. Uh, the plan was to start a game studio together, making games, but more importantly, make a robust tech backing for said games that they could then license out. Cool. Yeah. Um, and Helgeson, uh, Francis's friend, when he got back into town, heard what they were doing, and helped out where he could. But he had a full-time job already. He was part of a web development firm, which he owned a small stake in. And so that was his day job, and then helping them was sort of his in his free time job yeah. Uh, until he said, you know what, fuck web development. He sold his stake in his web development firm and he was brought on full time onto this new project. Uh, at the same time, Joachim Anti finally up and moved from Germany to Copenhagen. He got an apartment with Francis and the three worked out of this new apartment while Helgeson lived down the street in the apartment that they started the company in, and also worked at a cafe on the side. Oh. Not to support the company financially because it didn't pay well enough, but to get free food for all three Oh, of my them. God. <laughs> That's sadder, I think. Uh -huh. <laughs> like uh -huh. That member of the offspring who they only got into the band because he was old enough to buy beer, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was like a rock, a rock band uh, loading screen tip or uh, something. That's great. <laughs> um, oh, I miss those facts. So... This continued for a while, and um, throughout 2003, the team spent time uh, both working on the engine, but also bringing in a rotating cast of helpful volunteers to work on a bunch of different prototypes. Ooh. A couple of ideas they pitched, a couple ideas that their friends and volunteers pitched, uh, but it was a bunch of different game ideas. I don't have exactly... Any information on what games they oh. made, but I can tell you <laughs> that none of these prototypes panned out into anything that they thought would sell. Yeah. However, right. the sheer range of ideas that they tried led to them having to implement different stuff into this engine every time. Okay, and over that's time, valuable. They, and over time, they realized that the technology they were building was actually starting to become useful in a wide range of cases. You see, back then, game engines were constructed around a single game for the most part. There are a couple examples. Yeah, but for, where that for the most work. part, it was, it, like, it was kind of disposable. Like. Yeah, there are there, there is shit that you have to modify, like the story of, like, a lot of games ran on Unreal 3, right? But, like, Unreal 3... There were still more a lot on the 360. Of, they basically PS3, had to provide right. the source code to people so that they could hack it apart and put it back together. <laughs> um, that's the famous uh, irrational story with Bioshock, where it's like, yeah, it runs oh, yeah. on Unreal 3, but there's only like 30% of their code left after we were done or something. <laughs> well, on uh, Bioshock Infinite, right? Infinite, yeah, sorry. Bioshock Infinite. Because Bioshock 1 was made on Unreal 2. Yeah. Yeah. 
or Unreal Warfare, which I think, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It gets confusing. Yes. They just use better numbers. <laughs> yes. Yes, they should have. Um, I mean, they, they, they're, now they're making it a bit simpler because they just went from four to five. And, yeah, right, I mean, yeah. yep. And after about like, and three, I don't know, four, like 86 revisions to four. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, did Unreal, not, maybe, sorry, not to jump ahead uh, in the timeline too much, but Unreal 3, I feel like, really cemented its like legacy in gaming history yes little less of that with four in my opinion is um, that a we'll get there uh, i mean other than no no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we talked we talked like about this in the silicon knights episode but that was years so ago long ago yeah that i think because it was like by then we were like okay well fortnite uses it right and then I, it cemented its unreal unreal is used a PUBG. lot these days it is but i just i mean but but again, we're, we're, talk, we're talking about like the difference between like a, the big boys using Unreal and like it's more game development is a little bit more democratized now to the point where like right. you see that Unreal logo all the time, but it's not like plastered at the front of like the biggest. I fucking... think can't you pay to have that that screen technically not? Yeah, you can there? do that in all of them. Right. I mean, indie devs wouldn't do that, but they their development is mostly shifted over to Unity. Anyway, but it's, I guess it's just that is we a, will get to that it. is a will get okay. there. <laughs> Actually, I guess I, the, the last thing I'll say is just, I guess Unreal 5 just got announced, what, a couple months ago now? It's in early access right now, I believe. Oh, wow. For yeah, certain de people. Developer, okay. Yeah, some developers are able to get their hands on and it right now. It looks impressive. It's just, I guess in, maybe this is just me like getting older and how you process time, but it's like it, it didn't feel like there was a lot in between 4 and 5 as, as much as 3 to 4. That's, that's, again, that's a will get there. But, okay. like, there is a move away from numbering in a lot of these engines. Right. Um, there's a move away from numbering in a lot of software. Like, and, and they're catching up now. But, like, when we're talking about people torrenting Photoshop before yeah. and we're talking about, like, them move to the subscription model, it went from Photoshop CS6 to Photoshop 2020 and yeah, then they yeah, randomly yeah. one day they'll just install 2021 on my computer and then I have to go back and uninstall 2020 because it doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, God, Adobe, you suck. Does I mean, does like, did the NetherRealm games still use Unreal 3? To my knowledge, yeah. Okay. But I, I mean, they could have upgraded and just like never bothered to tell sure. anyone because why do they need to? You know? <laughs> Fair enough. We're, we're not their bosses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's clearly not holding them back in any way and if it, if it is. It's I don't, just... yeah, at this point they would need to probably upgrade. Unreal 3 is not supported anymore. So, like, if you, if you went to Epic and were like, hey, we're having problems with Unreal 3, they'd help you if you're Nether Realm, but like, they'd <laughs> right. probably also be like, hey, you think about maybe uh, <laughs> moving to four? Because wasn't it Guilty Gear Zerd was the one that figured out how to make Unreal 3 do 60 FPS or something like that? Wow, that far after the yeah. effect? No. I mean, like, it. it uh, Guilty Gear XArt is on Unreal 3, but I don't I don't know that it if it figured anything out about Unreal, it wasn't that it got it to 60 FPS. I remember there's a giant bomb cast where they're talking to Dave Lang and mm -hmm. he specifically brings up Zerd because they figured out something having to do with fighting games in Unreal that he was just like, whoa, as a fighting <laughs> game developer. Yeah, yeah I I don't true. I don't recall what that is. I mm. I could speak more to um Unreal 4 and fighting games people were concerned about uh, uh input delay. Uh, and getting that as low as possible, especially because Street Fighter V came out uh, on uh, Unreal 4 and had, uh, at launch, they've got this number down a, a fair amount, but at launch it was eight frames of input delay, which is a lot 
Uh, and I think now it's down to like four and a half. Um, okay. Yeah. And and to give X you a, many years. Like, yeah. To give you five a, years. to give you a frame of reference, I think the best that any fighting game has ever done is like two frames of input delay from you know physical pressing of a button yeah, to registering till, an action oh, yeah. on screen. And uh, I'm pretty sure that most hit around three to four. So okay, so and, they they got it to an acceptable standard. Yeah, and Smash I think is at like six at least when you play online. <laughs> <laughs> you play online. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, like I said, this engine is becoming useful in most use cases now, not just for a specific game. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition, the the trio had a decision to make, which is like, well, what do we target, right? We want to target indie developers. Where are indie developers? Keep in mind, this is 2003. Right. So, like, Xbox Live Arcade isn't a thing yet. Steam is just a twinkle in Gabe Newell's eye. <laughs> So like in um, 2003, nah, it was it was getting along. Yeah, there. There. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But but where were most we covered of, that? Where were most of the indie games, Randy? Uh, at at this point in time, uh, Flash games on exactly. Yeah, it was Newgrounds and stuff. And right? Flash sucks. Hey, <laughs> there wouldn't be a Flash Alien is very Flash is very cool. Super Meat Boy. Flash is very cool on your end of things. It's not very cool for the people making the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was where the indie fair. audience was. That's fair. And also Flash, again, yeah. 2D. So, yeah, yeah. our, our trio decides we're not going to, well, for right now, <laughs> we're not going to take down the big guys. You know, we're not going to get a license over Unreal or, or yeah, Id Tech yeah. or whatever. Ooh, I just read Trials. That was Flash, too. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Um. Yeah, but we're not we're not gonna get we're not gonna license this out to somebody. We're not gonna compete with Unreal. We want to hit yeah. we want to hit the people like us. We want to hit that indie market, right? So they decide we're gonna build the definitive tool to do 3D on the web. Yes. Okay. So the I, I which is interesting. Which I, I'm, all right. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal this part, but I do remember getting into discussion with you about Unity a few months ago. And I, it was, it was revealed to me that it, this, conceptually, was all supposed to be an answer to 3D, like of it's, how to. It's a do three, 3D. it's a 3D flash that's way easier to develop. Yeah, in, essentially, yeah. essentially, which shaped a lot, I think, of my understanding of. Yes, um, its intended purpose. So, we're gonna go ahead to 2004 now. Good our, year for games. Our, our team is, uh, their their engine is coming along, um, and they decide. You know what? Time to legitimize this business. We're all in on it. We're surviving off cafe food. Why don't we find some investors, gets gets or get some money, and make this thing real? So they took out a massive loan, hmm. got an office building, and hired some additional engineers. Oh, as you do when you're building a company. And one thing that uh that they were missing was somebody to lead the business side of things. The group then put out an ad, which I didn't know you could do this, but I guess <laughs> 2004 was a different time. Craigslist. They put out they essentially put out a Craigslist ad for a CEO, <laughs> which like I didn't know you could do that. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. You'd, you'd answer that ad. Let's Hell be yeah. Honest. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you'd think it was a scam, probably. Yeah. But, like, I, I said Craigslist because I thought that was, like, ah, I was doing a funny. That's, 
It's literally like a monster.com ad being like, hey, we need a CEO. <laughs> um, oh, can I, can, I mean, why I, can't you do that, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. sure. What, we ever what, get big enough, that's what we're doing. What caliber of CEO do you want? <laughs> <laughs> do you want the kind who looks on Craigslist for offers, or do, you want, a, or do you want a good one? That's so, how I know they're tough. I mean, fu- clearly it worked out for these guys to some- No. Oh, never it's mind. funny Andrew brings that up, <laughs> because let's just say the candidates that answered that ad were <laughs> underwhelming, to say the least. Probably like crazy people. Like just- Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Originally, they they realized that they weren't going to find anybody this way, and they didn't have the the pull to like hire away a CEO nor the money. Sure. So, um, they just kind of decided, hey, we'll just trade off being CEO for a while, and then it turned out that Dave, <laughs> you, I'll take Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You take yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> I'll get the weekend. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it turned out that um, as programmers go. I think one in three is probably a good estimate for how many programmers also have social skills. <laughs> wait, wait, so, let, me, let me... Okay, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Dave Helgeson turned out to be the best at that social part of the job. Not <laughs> nice. just that, but he had experience in the merging of the business and tech worlds because he owned hey. a stake in that web development firm. So... Dave Helgeson became CEO. And it's also at this point, I think he officially became co-founder because it's, originally the, just the two were co-founders. Uh, is he still CEO today? I believe so, yeah. All right. So all, we also have, uh, we got to file some paperwork Aww. in addition because, you know, starting a company, you got to file some <sighs> paperwork. So at this point, the group incorporated <laughs> and they incorporated under the name Over the Edge Entertainment. Started drawing up a business really? plan. Yeah. Okay. Started drawing up a business plan in order to pull in some investors so they didn't have to take out another massive loan. Wait, you say over the edge or over the hedge? Over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) They were big fans of DreamWorks. Yeah. Uh, It was uh, just tearing up the charts back then. (laughs) Their logo is just all those wacky animals. I never saw it. I mean, hey, their engine would go on to be used in a lot of licensed games. Yeah, Yeah, maybe one of the over the edge games has the... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but um, more importantly, they had to start forming a business plan. Yeah, you know, again, programmers. I'd say it's less than one in three that know how to actually make money, not working for somebody else. <laughs> um, so they looked at two very important sources of inspiration in determining their business plan. Number we, one, we got British developer Criterion. Hey. hey, hey. I mean, yo, that the renderware engine to hell of a exactly. fucking like the GTA games were made on it. Yep. Owned <laughs> by EA and famous for making the best racing game of all time, this Burnout is actually, 3. <laughs> actually incorrect. As good as Burnout 3 is, I'm sorry, but uh we it's not F0 GX. God, they're both my babies. You got to pick one. <laughs> it's F0 GX. <laughs> I abstain. Which one has yellow card? <laughs> Which one has you're going the wrong way. <laughs> The, the hold on, I do have to add something onto this though to to, to dodge the answer, but also to uh, the, 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 I think this is kind of an entertaining fact. I didn't realize that um, like the renderware engine wasn't owned by EA until EA 
uh, acquired Criterion. Are you gonna say they were they use, they were formed under Canon, the camera company? Oh no, I didn't know you that. Didn't know that? No. What I, what I was gonna say is that's why GTA Four is made on the engine, at, or why Rock like why they started developing an in-house thing with Rockstar's table tennis and all that. Like yeah. that was all a response to them losing access to that engine. Oh. And um, I think they were mid-development on. It might have been like the, like the Liberty City or Vice City Stories games or something. Okay. And but I think the the acquisition actually happened earlier than that. Um, when they were doing San Andreas, and uh, like as per the the deal, they were only able to like finish what they started. They couldn't fire up any new projects. So like they were they were working on San Andreas and the the PSP ones. And once those were complete, then they were no longer allowed to use it. This mm-hmm. checks out with what I know about software contracts. Okay, yeah. So, like, but I just I found that really interesting because then that's why they they just invested a whole bunch of money into you know now essentially what all of their their big games also uh, run on. And... To go back to it, fun fact for you: Criterion was formed as a division of Canon, the co- the camera company. I, I, I honestly I did as, not know they that. were formed as Criterion Technologies. Man. Which is why they're so good at game engines, because Canon was trying to get into uh, multimedia shit. Canon essentially wanted to get into game development. I mean, you think about Canon's real big in, into photography as well as filmography, because like, yeah. they make every film camera up to that point, like, you know. <laughs> so they wanted, they wanted to start getting into the, the areas that they weren't already, like, in, so, like, music and, and, and video games. Yeah. So they formed Criterion in order to get into that. It failed, and then EA bought Criterion from Canon. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I mean, would, I, would you consider that a failure? I mean, by then, they, they did, like, Burnout 1 and 2 and stuff were out. Did it I make guess. money? It made enough money for them to did get it? sequels. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, it made money, Maybe. but, like. But not. Uh, yeah, yeah, Canon money. I Canon guess. wanted out of that business. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just like every big tech company them, but... who goes, you know what, we could make video games. Yeah, and then they're like, oh and no, like, oh, this is fuck, this, this sucks. Yeah, this and then is they want such it out. a pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we just saw a trailer for the first Amazon video game, right? <laughs> yeah, when did they start Amazon Game Studios, like six years ago. I don't know when did they murder Killer Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> About six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The, what is it? They un. They unreleased one of their games, and then the other. Wait, what? Did the other one ever come out either? The old world or whatever the, it's called. The New MMO world. thing. New world. Secret world. New world. New world. Secret world's a different thing. Okay, yeah, sorry. Secret world's a different thing. <laughs> but Crucible's uh, dead as hell. There was a trailer for that sometime recently. <laughs> that went into beta, and then people were like, "Eh," and then they're like, "Okay." Is the new one on back. Lumberyard too? Yeah, Lumberyard, a fork of CryEngine. Yes, it's worked out well for them so far. I yes. Like but uh, uh, but no, that's 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 super cool. As somebody yeah. who has religiously played a lot of hours of Criterion games in their life, I I actually I was not aware okay. that that was. But there was a connection. Criterion was famous for being owned by EA and making Burnout, but mm-hmm. they were black. successful <laughs> because of Renderware. Yes, Renderware was everywhere. They were killing All it over. in the in the in the middleware market. Yeah, in fact. The fact you brought up about EA taking that engine away from people mm-hmm. is kind of what led to the rise of Unreal. 3. Oh, interesting. Because Renderware yeah. was like the Unreal 3 of the totally. Xbox, PlayStation 2, GameCube era. Yeah. So Basically, many Renderware games, was like the easiest way to make a PS2 game. Mm. Yeah. So 
they were fucking killing it. But their business plan, more importantly, was not just to create this technology, but to create multiple AAA titles using the technology so that people could see its use, mm -hmm. see how it performed, see what it was used for, and that would make people feel more comfortable in licensing it. So essentially, Burnout 1 is like not much of a game compared to 2 and 3, and that's kind of because... Yeah. It's very arcadey, it's simple. It's, but... it's an ad for renderware. It's yeah. an ad for people to license renderware. Hey, those crashes were impressive, man. They were. They Save your replays. Were. Did you buy that ad, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> I bought that ad recently for the original Xbox. <laughs> Uh, and their second source of inspiration, being that they were huge Apple fans, was Final Cut Pro. Huh. Because like I said at the beginning, Final Cut Pro was, big air quotes here I, yeah, for I those listening, yeah. reasonably priced. <laughs> I think we're talking about like $600 for a license. Okay, I, I, I kind of get in comparison to other what exactly. you're Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Simple to use for the, for the amateur, but extremely robust for the professional, hmm. right? So we're talking about something that can you can you can use it like Windows Movie Maker, right? And you can you can just put clips together and then do a star wipe between them, or you can do some crazy fucking shit in Final Cut Pro. Yeah. So you can make that star wipe spin around. As we talked about at the beginning, their big their big inspiration was to make something like renderware that indies could use and afford. And that would be simple. Yeah. So makes sense. <laughs> um, Noble. The team spent five months of uh, of two thousand and four, uh, and a little bit of two thousand and five. We're in now into two thousand five, creating a game called Goo Ball. Uh, okay, so th is this the first Unity game? Yeah, like yeah. that. That's actually like. Well, commercially released that you can play? Yes. Okay. Yes. You'll remember it, of course, okay. because it tore up the charts. <laughs> yeah, the Goo Ball. No one could stop Ball talking fan. about Goo Ball. I mean, I've, uh, I'm sure you'll you'll discuss it more, but I'm going to say, did, did you play it or did anyone ever play it? Yes, I played it. Oh, yeah? yeah. What, what was it on? Uh, Mac. It was on Mac. Okay. <laughs> um, It was... Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> it's pretty much a worse version of Monkey Ball. <laughs> with the added mechanic, oh, I uh, love Monkey Ball. With the added mechanic of it being goo ball, so you could hold the button down and get your ball to stick. That was the. That was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no more tea spinning in Tetris. <laughs> no deal. Um, <laughs> but more importantly for our story here today. As Andrew sarcastically hinted at, <laughs> Gooball didn't exactly tore up the charts. <laughs> then um, but what it did do was it gave the team, because I, like I said, uh -huh. they built a lot of prototypes in Unity constantly in order to refine the engine, but they never made a game uh, from start to finish mm. in Unity. So, like, for this kind of gave them, well, that Gooball gave them the opportunity mm. to realize what it was like to make a game in their own software and then kind of like find more bugs, yeah. like test it out, smooth out some of the features, and more importantly, remove a lot of the annoyances. It's called eating your own dog food. Yes. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. You never you never had like an eating your own dog food meeting at work? No? No. Oh. Where do you work? Dog food company? No. I tried dog food. <laughs> no, that's called no. It's it's because if you're <laughs> if you're just building a tool for someone else and not using it yourself, then you're not seeing what they are 
experiencing, you know? Oh. So, yeah. Eating I, your like, own dog- I yeah. like that metaphor. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And also, this is where we get the name, because we're, we're getting close and close, closer and closer to launch. They looked at the engine's ability, not only for collaboration, but also its intended power of cross-compatibility across platforms, and settled on the name Unity. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's an appropriate name. Yeah, it's a good name. It's yeah. one word. It, you know, sticks in people's minds. I still thinking of the dog food thing, by the way. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when uh, who bought? It might have been Chelsea bought the the Oreos that yeah. were like for dogs. Like we we got them for our. <laughs> and um, we were like, well, we'll let's try them because <laughs> we, we need we needed to know. And they <laughs> so here's the thing, they didn't. They kind of taste like sort of like just really bad old Oreos, yeah. but. You know, but the 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 thing that was really funny is that when we had our friend Dave try them, he read the the bag, and it's like they're mostly protein because they're dog treats. So he started calling them Gains Oreos because oh, yeah. like dog <laughs> dog treats are really caloric. Yeah. So it's like imagine I mean, they're they're the size of mini Oreos. So it's yeah. like imagine a mini Oreo, but if it was just like a hundred calories pressed into it or something. <laughs> yeah, like with chalk full of protein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously not real chocolate, but it's just like. They're just like worse Oreos in, I guess, every way because they're also unhealthy. Unless you're working out all the time, which I clearly am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Sorry, I just figured that. Yeah. Know, had to be in. So. <laughs> this, this episode's two on the rails, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to keep me on my toes, I guess. Uh, it's been a while since I hosted one. Got to take the rust off and learn how to get this shit back on track. Um. But Baptism yeah. by fire, man. Team used the profits from Gooball, along with a loan from Auntie's father, to hire some more engineers. Did I say Gooball came out in March twenty, March two thousand five? I don't know. It, you I don't said know. it came out for sure. Yeah. I don't know if I said March two thousand five, but we're now in March two thousand five. Everybody's playing Gooball, and we're hiring more engineers to fix up the engine and ready it for its public release, planned in June of two thousand and five, exclusively on Mac. Yeah. Now, uh, before we get into Unity's actual release, for those of you that don't know, Andrew, who has used Unity before like I have, uh, is going to give you a little rundown of what a game engine is and does, and also what Unity is. Yeah. All right, so a game engine is basically just going to be a whole bunch of reusable code that you can put together in different ways to make your game. Uh, and a lot of this includes like IDE tools, which is just a fancy programmer acronym for, hey, you you know, you type in code here, you test it here, and you know, it'll complete your code and things like that. Some of that comes with it. Um, it. In Unity's case in particular, the reason why it becomes so easy at a beginner level, you know, especially like you were saying, yeah. is that it does, uh, in getting a little computer science here, uh, an entity component model, which basically means anything that is in your uh, your game scene you can attach a component to it and it knows what to do with it. So as an example, um, if you attach a collider to a thing, then when it touches another thing, it knows what to do about it, whether that's bounce or to stop moving or whatever. So I know collision detection is like one of the hardest things like for- It, it can be, right, yeah. sure, but that's like, that's a thing that the engine provides to you, right? Yeah. So if you just have two objects in a scene and they both have colliders, when they touch, then the engine knows what to do with it. 
Um, and that kind of stuff can be very low code. Um, so you can just kind of drag things into your scene and then it knows what to do based on where they are and what components so they have. It's like already accounting for a lot of the little things and exactly. doing, doing the legwork. That... So yeah, like, I mean, and this is, this is true of all software is whenever you have a platform like this that you're trying to license out, you're yeah. trying to cover all of the most common use cases the best you can, while also still, like you were saying, give you the power for a pro to be able to do the minutia that maybe not everyone is doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it, like I said, that's kind yeah. of the benefit to Unity. And like, by contrast, the benefit to something like Unreal uh, would be that they have a the ability to code a game with no code. You can just drag and drop uh, a graph, basically. Of oh. You start here, and it does this, then it does this, and you're just dragging boxes around. Not unlike kind of what Dreams does now. You yeah, know? interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know there was such a key difference. Between, to me, they, I, I thought the what they provided was different versions of one and the same, but th that's... Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, ultimately, it's it really a game engine is a, factors, a yeah. set of tools to handle a bunch of common game code use cases. Yeah. 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 Huh. Do most of the coding that people don't want to do for you. Yes. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do you don't... think at, at any at any point that um sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but That's um fine. that like <laughs> Dream is not necessarily landing with the impact that I think that they wanted for a few reasons. Um but I w I at least when when people were kind of um being vocal about its like <laughs> I don't know what to say without it being like sounding really mean. Go for it. it <laughs> um, I, I am not dreams. I won't be offended. <laughs> yeah. I guess, but it was like there was a lot of articles about its sort of perceived importance at the time. And I guess Nintendo literally just yesterday put out that um code garage or what's it yeah. called? Garage maker or something. Whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, which to me serves um kind or fits in a similar mold in, in that it's like, hey, we're like we're we're gonna funify like the, the you know like, especially because it's uh, dreams is a, a PS4 PS5 game and this is is a Switch game, but they seem sort of like limiting in the sense of like I don't think we're gonna see full or even like we're not gonna see releases that cost money that are made with these. They they seem a little bit more like short fun experiences sure. and, and, and and Nintendo's is kind of aimed more at kids it's right. like it's it's in the shoes of Mario Maker my first game engine stuff. kind of stuff no it's it's Whereas, it's undeniably cool and i and i think that all the things that dreams is technically capable of doing is is, is impressive the but, yeah the part they fucked up about dreams is just like it should have had a thing where you could export it and upload it to something that people don't exactly. don't own dreams could find yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah. is there a Free version of Dreams where you could just yes, play I the games so, yeah. now. Okay, but still, not the same. And yeah. and I would say like I mean, some of this. I really respect Media Molecules, a company, but they took yeah. way too long for that to come out, and mm. then they released it between generations. Which yeah. Was... And the other thing too, from my perspective, as somebody who's not touched Dreams, but I've seen a, a good number of demos on it, is is that it's like it doesn't seem like you have the ability to texture anything. You just kind of use like their pre-made like shapes and stuff and and colors. I think there's those. there's a mo like a 3D modeler in it. I don't. I don't know how precise it, you can get with only being able to use a controller or the wands, mm -hmm. it's, Un unless it has keyboard and mouse support. People can get pretty precise. PS4 games do. Yeah, Some it, do. I mean, like, really, like the strength of that is that um, after the game is built, you can load up one game and then another very quickly. That's true. And I think yeah. that's very cool. But also, it's like whenever you want to do anything that maybe is hard to do in that engine, or anything you want to monetize, or anything that they just plain didn't account for. 
There are so many use cases where you're immediately just going to be going to something that made it easy, like Unity. You yeah. Know? I mean, um, when when we dicked around with Dreams a little bit, Austin, like the way that they compiled, like the, their whole like online, it was not. No. It was not utilized well. It, yeah. it, it did not do a very good job of sort of like promoting the the type of mm-hmm. games you would want to showcase, and then other just anybody could upload any. Kind of dumb horseshit, and they did, and I'm, and I'm, that was probably the same thing happened with Little Big Planet as well, because you had people like I'm making a working mathematical calculator in Little Big Planet, but then you would also in in both of these games just get like a a kind of a bunch of nothing sometimes, just like and Mario it's co- one one, yeah, and it's and it's like you could make well no they, even that's more something I'm yeah. more meant like even things that are barely oh, yeah. work or unplayable because they don't have a a sort of system in place to pull out garbage, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there are a lot of really talented artists out there who are, like, composing music with dreams and crazy stuff. I think the good thing that dreams, and to a lesser, I haven't touched the Nintendo thing yet, but to a lesser extent, something like that is, like, to remove barriers and give people a taste for game development. Because De- as definitely the Nintendo Know thing. how yeah, fucking yeah, hard it is yeah. that they yeah. never well, want to do yeah, it. <laughs> yes, but also, like, <laughs> once you once you understand the logic of how a game operates under the surface, something like Unity and Unreal, yeah. you can download for free, and they don't seem so daunting. Yeah, and at least understanding the, like, the language, mm-hmm. um, both in a literal sense and a... A, you know, a grander sense that it's like there exactly, are terminologies, exactly. but also there are just things that remain mm-hmm. consistent through whatever you're using. And yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's. They're valuable. Uh, I just. That's a game engine, and that's what Unity does. Mm. So, now let's talk about post launch Unity. <laughs> uh, Unity, like I said, was launched in June of 2005, and Unity's 1.0 launch was primitive. To say the least. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The initial launch only supported building projects for Mac OS X. Oh, the Uh, most popular platform. (laughs) For gaming, absolutely. (laughs) uh, And and, and not many of the features that I even know Unity for. I jumped into Unity at Unity 3, which we'll get to. But Microsoft Windows and, more importantly, their original design web browsers... Uh, came in their first update, version 1.1, in August of 2005. So just two months later. Okay. But Helgeson was quoted in an interview of talking about the launch, saying, The ridiculous and bizarre thing was literally the first and only platform we supported in the very first few months was the Mac. This was before the Mac's resurgence, and the Mac's place in the gaming industry, especially compared to Windows, was even punier than it is today. There was no Justin <laughs> no, Long I mean, yet. Yeah. So <laughs> um, uh, no, it was a good save because I was like, yeah, Mac's place in gaming history, huh? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it was the worst possible choice we could have made from a business perspective. Who was the Dell in those ads? Uh, was, John, John Hodgman. John Hodgman. That's yeah. right. Yes. Trying to read Hodge a quote. Hodgman. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was the worst possible choice we could make from a business perspective, but we were just hackers and we just liked our Macs. We hackers. weren't thinking big thoughts from a business perspective. Hmm. Uh, more importantly, we talked about affordable, quote unquote, air quotes. Uh, the pricing structure initially for Unity was two separate licenses. The Hmm. Unity Indie license for $200 Hmm. 
or the Unity Steam? Pro license for fifteen hundred dollars. What was the key like differences between the two? Um, features that we don't need to get into. Things like soft body physics or something like that. Yeah. Soft shadows, but most importantly, publishing to Windows oh. was locked behind the professional license. That's that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> um, also. As a part of Unity's terms of service, any corporate entity making over $100,000 in the previous fiscal year could not use Unity's indie license for development. Mm. So there you go. Somebody drew a line in the sand and said, this is what an indie is. Yeah. About time. (laughs) And from here on out, there was never confusion again. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as a rich indie. Um... (laughs) What about triple I? Double A. Quadruple A. <laughs> yep. No, it, quadruple it, A is supposed to be what Perfect Dark is going to be, right? Exactly. Is... It'll be the first quadruple A game. I can't wait to see the <laughs> A inflation in video game development when, you know, 70 years from now, we're up to 70XA <laughs> game studios. I love Perfect Dark, but th- that is such a s- strange, like, this is what we're going <laughs> to dump the most money in ever. Yeah. Uh, um, meanwhile, like Rockstar's, you know, like GTA 6 is just like a, a folder in a break room somewhere that they're just like, oh, we're going to have 20 A's on this <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes out in like fucking another decade. Another important point to make is that so back in these days, there were a lot of open source engines that people tried to make, but Making a game engine is fucking hard. Harder than making a game. In fact, it's the hardest part of making a game. Yeah. Uh, And so a lot of them got abandoned. So let's just say... Who's uh, in the graveyard? I don't know. I don't have any names. (laughs) um, I was was just curious. But in these early days, uh, it was mostly enthusiasts making games in Unity. Uh, Hobbyists would be, I guess, the the correct term. Um, Because... In order for like a company to like trust Unity, they had to like prove their worth. So, prove it your worth. Yeah. But they did. Uh, the crew kept updating Unity almost monthly. I'd say monthly to bi-monthly. Um, and while while constantly talking to the community uh, and taking feedback, and we have a uh, quote. I don't know who this is from. It's one of the developers. Um, we were developers developing for other developers. We understood their problems and tried to fix them. Developers we s- development. <laughs> we spoke to them. It'd be a case of not being able to sleep at night and thinking, I wonder what's going on in the forums. It was all hours of the day. I think they recognized that. And then those customers that we had started evangelizing it for us. Hmm. So <laughs> they talked. They basically talked to their, their customers that they did have and, and started working on two feature sets. The first being minor updates, you know, Unity 1.2, Unity 1.3, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And then major updates. And the biggest step uh, towards proving themselves would come in October of 2007, uh, which is when Unity 2.0 released, uh, which the developers would be quoted as saying is the biggest step forward that their company has ever taken. They say, I don't know they stand by that, that even but, today? Or yeah, they say yeah. that, but... I don't know. They supported the Ouya, and that seemed like it was a... 
no, no joke. I still come across. Okay, so or more on that. Or, or sorry, <laughs> what, what the uh, shit? What would the Stradivarius of consoles? That's the, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's I, the, <laughs> I still I still come across some some code like if you do code completion or whatever, and yeah. it's, uh, uh, so basically in, in an IDE that I was talking about earlier, and it like completes some code for you, so you don't have to like remember the exact command for something. So I'll hit like dot and then like scroll through like platforms or whatever or different function calls, and I'll still see the ouya in the Unity code there from time to time, <laughs> oh just because like they accommodated yeah. it, you know, like it's in there, and every time I see it, I laugh. <laughs> I hope it stays there forever. <laughs> also, I think I think the Vita is called the PSP2 in that code. Just like, they, they, <laughs> they, came they never went back and... No, nah, I guess not. Right. Uh, I mean, go, now I memory, did. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it always makes me laugh to see the Ouya yeah. in that code. Um, <laughs> yeah, the is funny. I agree. <laughs> it is. We have a whole episode on that as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this update included over 50 additional features, including but not limited to because I'm not going to list them all. Web streaming support, real-time dynamic shadows, a 3D terrain engine, Ooh. video playback, networking support built-in, mm, mm. uh, and most importantly, DirectX support. I love that one. Which improved performance <laughs> on Windows platforms by 30%. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they also, in 2007, started their own conference, which is still going to this day, called the Unite Conference. I mean, in they, they may not have done it last year, but... They probably did, but I think they still have a 2021 one oh. going on in Copenhagen. Um, they'll be more organized than E3. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but that is where 2.0 was revealed and released at that first conference. Yeah. Still, I don't know how big that conference was, but Unity was still an infant in these days. I actually, you can go online and, and look up a list of every game made in Unity to Wikipedia's knowledge, I guess. Uh, but mm. I don't see much right. in between I, Goo Ball and like 2008, essentially. Oh, well, maybe they were just hard, was at, a, hard at work at that I point. I think it was just a bunch of web games that nobody like cataloged or put on Wikipedia. Sure, you know, but that, yeah. yeah, checks out. But their biggest boon would come in 2008. Like I said, on July 10th, 2008, Apple announced and launched the App Store for iOS. Wow. It, since 08, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and shortly after, on October 22nd, I didn't, I didn't have 2008, smartphone until like years after that. So. Uh, Google launched the Android market mm. a couple months later. Being the Apple fans that they were, they very quickly added iOS support <laughs> to as being a Now this this was the era of when you bought games it was like only on that f device, right? Or do they care? <laughs> uh well, what do you mean as opposed to what? As opposed to, you know, now if you like Upgrade your phone and all your shit. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know, know if that, that was an effect. I, I was gonna say maybe they were forward thinking had account system in 08. If or, I don't, I don't think oh, I yeah, bought yeah. a phone app until years later. But I, same I, here. I that's think, why I was. No, they did. Yeah, everything carried the, the forward. The way right? the only problem they had with that was when the iPad came out. They had separate versions for everything. Yes, yes. but then they eventually right. merged those together. I was just wondering when like that became an expected thing. I don't know. Feature. Yeah, um, it's a different conversation. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, they added uh, iOS to the list of supported platforms for Unity, uh, and the engine uh, very quickly picked up Steam as the App Store picked up Steam. Picked up Steam? No, because there was a newly <laughs> a newly burgeoning iOS development community, which a lot of people were using Unity and evangelizing it to other people in the community, and yeah, it yeah. very quickly picked up Steam. Um, They're on Steam. 
Uh, should also you, you said you haven't hosted an episode in a while. I just thought I would make it awful for you. You done? <laughs> the company also required uh, an additional $1,500 fee to publish games on iOS. You had to buy the license. It didn't come with the rest of your... $15 fee. 1500 Oh. Not 15 You misheard? Yeah. <laughs> misheard a lot. Hey! Um, also... No, I just meant you misheard a lot of money, not oh. that you misheard all the time. <laughs> um, you were off by about $1,485. Um, also, this was also around the point where web-based games were... Kind of falling out of favor. They were, but like companies were getting in on it. Congregate? Yeah, mm. stuff like that. So two very important companies. By the way, sorry, this might be a separate, uh, like, sort of discussion or conversation here, but like, but weren't most like mobile, uh, like I guess it's like my memory of mobile games from that time period where like everything was Java. Like, I wonder when. No. No, this was. You're thinking about the mid two thousands. Most like the Motorola Razor and the LG Chocolate and shit. They all ran on Java. Which, you know what else runs on Java? Android. It's like its own fork of Java. It is. Yeah. But that was pre-Android phone mobile OS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two very big companies decided to get in on Unity to make games for the web, which actually did really well. You'll be surprised to know. Mm. In 2009, a web-based MMO made by Cartoon Network. Oh, is this Toontown? No, no that, that was, was Disney. Disney. Damn it. <laughs> called Fusion Fall launched. That was made on Unity. That's not a very, like, f- fun name that invokes the the whimsy of Cartoon Network. Yeah. If you ask me. The- Fusion Fall sounds like it could be, a, like, a, a first-person shooter. That's because like you're, sci-fi thinking, you're thinking of Firefall, which was a first-person shooter. So is Titanfall. Yeah, there you Also, go. Fusion isn't necessarily, like, a... Like, we... It's a bad That's name, you're right. It's... For a Cartoon Network game, you're Thank right. Thank you. It's a bad That's name. what I was, <laughs> That's what I was kidding. <laughs> also, at. don't say that the word fusion doesn't have any uh, whimsy or I'll make you sit down and play Fusion Frenzy again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't bring I... people on this yeah. podcast. I was thinking of Metroid Fusion, uh, fusion yeah. Frenzy. Huh. Uh, another company you may have heard of called EA... Never, no, who? I haven't. Electronic Arts. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah the people who bought Criterion from Canon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, they launched a game called Tiger Woods PGA Tour Online in 2010, which was also built in Unity. This was pre-Frostbite days. to me. Also, Frostbite <laughs> can't run on web browsers. <laughs> um, Yet. <laughs> and next, uh, Battlefield's going to be something. And we finally... After all of that, come to 2009, and what I think is the most important change that Unity has ever made to the to contribute to their success, the $200 Unity Indie license was changed to just Unity, and it was made free. Yes, here's a quote. That from- was sorry. I was. Um, I, it's funny, like it, that you bring that up because in the intro, I was. That was the big point I was going to make was that it was free. And then, I, like, I did, like, light research and I was like, oh, wait, this wasn't all. Like, I didn't yeah. really know of the Unity Engine 
Unity engine. Unity engine until it was free. Yeah. Like, so Most it's like, people didn't. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's like <laughs> their biggest, their best decision. Yeah. Like was I didn't that. realize that there was a and, different. And, but also at, at this time, did they have before. the, you know, the Unity marketplace where, you know, cause not like, yet. Okay. Not yet. I figured, well, so they, they were going to make that. up that free license on the back end somewhere. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, but yes, here's a quote. Oh, that's a big fucking deal. <laughs> here's a quote from David Helgeson, CEO, who said, the thinking was that Unity Indie was not generating a significant portion of our revenue. Most of our most of the licenses were pro. So we figured, let's just take Indie away and give it to everyone for free. What's important at this point was to get Unity into the hands of as many people as possible. Which I agree with. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Flash forward to my introduction to Unity. Oh, oh. I'm curious about this. Because I was going to ask, I was going to, like, I was wanted to propose the question of what everyone's first game that they can remember playing that was Unity. Well, oh, you're, no, no. you're talking I'm, about I'm talking about developing. developing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. But we can get to that after okay. I say this. In Sorry. September 27th, 2010, Unity launched Unity 3, uh, which added Android support for that same $1,500 fee and a bunch of other dev stuff that I won't bore you with. A <laughs> um, bunch more streaming tech and lighting engines and terrain tools and I'm sleeping a, already. A tree maker, I think. Speed tree? Not speed tree. <laughs> something similar to speed tree. Maybe they have speed page that'll, you know, very quickly generate uh, Elliot page. There's Last yeah. of Us and uh, <laughs> what was that? Beyond. Uh, Beyond, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also in 2010, shortly after Unity's 3.0 launch, the Unity Asset Store launched, which is what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So basically this is an online marketplace uh, for people to make whatever they wanted and sell it to each other. You could build models of castles, you could build you could write songs, you could write code snippets and then just put them up there for like 99 cents and sell them to other people. Would I be More like $100, you know. Would I be uh, jumping the gun yeah. to talk about the uh the asset store here for a second? No, go ahead. Okay. This is the part where I bring it up. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean like this is where the asset flip concept came from, which I I don't know. I I heard about that mostly from Jim Sterling. I don't know if there was another person who made that more popular or more well-known, I guess. Flip? An asset flip being somebody who just goes through the uh robust and expansive uh asset marketplace on the Unity store finds assets to cobble together into something that technically counts as a game and then sell it on Steam for like as cheap as possible to just like yeah. So that was that was the thing. Was I like, think I said they put it back in the same store. No, no. I, I had that thought even with Dreams. No, but. because like let's think about it, right? It's like the whole reason why that whole asset marketplace exists is so that it's like, okay, well, I need a sword. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I just need my guy yeah. to hold a sword. Well, let me just go and see if somebody already made a good sword that fits like what I'm thinking of. Oh, look, there it is. It costs $15. I'll add it to my game, and I have the license I know because I'm buying it from the Unity store. Yeah, I have the so license. I have the license to sell my game with this asset in it without running into legal issues because that's already been pre-cleared. So, yeah. so that that became a great way to sell not only assets but also just like code extensions or tools that help you develop, you know, that aren't maybe part of Unity itself because they didn't think about it or maybe they didn't, you know, prioritize it or whatever. But so all these things became very popular and then there was just this so, like So wait, can anybody upload stuff to Unity's store or do they need to I think so. As long as you have the legal right, you know, I'm sure they they do some cleaning of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. they must do some policing of that because it went 
the, the real and now does Steam, I guess, is the second. <laughs> so Steam, Steam does as well, but that's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at is that these asset flips were all good and legal, but all they did was uh, they littered the, the the store with crap for a while, right? So like Steam definitely had okay. that reputation for a while of you know there's just so much garbage releasing on it every day or whatever. There's like this many releases I mean, and they're all crap. Presumably, it, if you were spending all this time doing 3D modeling, you'd probably upload them to both stores to, but. No, he's talking no. about games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's Sorry, like, that was on a larger. No, yeah. It is. It is. It is your legal right. It. it is your legal right to buy assets from the Unity Asset Store. Correct. Make it into something that is technically a video game, and then sell that video game on Steam. So, uh, so there was a certain minimal work for maximum. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah. that littered Steam with crap until those <laughs> companies trying to make a living that way just eventually, you know, couldn't sustain themselves. Most of them went out of business. I'm sure there are a couple that still survived because their competitors went out of business. But it's really, <laughs> it's really just like so. You know, you the can doggy dog. You, you can you can chart where you know where the number of games released on Steam went up and then it went back to like pre those levels. But it's like this solved was, itself. Yeah. So it's like this was this was an like a side effect of the Unity Asset Store, but also one of the great things about Unity is that so many other people have been using it for so long, this Asset Store is so robust. Okay. So you've got access That's to all cool. these things that you can always throw into your game. I, yeah. I, so... <laughs> and also into 3D, uh, like, animation. I watched a guy who does, like, there was, like, a contest to, like, make a, a 3D animated short in 20, no, 48 hours or something. And I watched like three videos of people making their shorts and it was all just like, so I'm going to go on the Unity Asset Store and I'm going to download this knight and I'm going to download this castle. <laughs> yeah. Because it's I, like, I don't have the time to fucking model anything. See, I it's was, only 48 hours. I was imagining something much more nefarious where I, I thought you were hinting at like the people were, were basically grabbing assets and then going like, then just selling them as modded content for other games. No, and... but that was what happened when Steam had paid mods for yes. like yes, and then we covered that. No, but no, it, they were doing it all good and legal. It was just it created garbage for yeah, a little while. It was, yeah. yeah, it just ended yeah. up in a shoddy product as all. Yeah. So <laughs> I could go on and on and on talking about Unity 4.0 and Unity 5.0. What are they up to now? Oh, I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Very quickly, probably. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna go down a list of hits. Ooh. Okay. Well, wait before you before you uh, you do that. Can should I? You like, want to ask your question? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so because uh, I remember mine. Okay. Um, but I was gonna ask first, you guys, what what was the first thing that you remember playing, and that was like made in Unity. Sh yeah. Should you and I answer this one later? No, I can answer. Why it is now. it okay. is it the same? N no, no. no. Oh, <laughs> but actually, wait, did I have an answer for you? Did you ask me this before? Think so. Okay. Do you remember my answer? Because no. I was probably looking at Wikipedia when I answered it. Okay. And by the way, don't do this. <laughs> um, the only reason I remember mine because it 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 was an it was a game that left an impact on me and it. I know it, what your answer. Yeah, is, and yeah. It, and it also has a distinctive feel to it that I have felt again in just in terms of first person control. Yeah. Um, so I would think mine is probably Temple Run for the oh, iPhone. Oh, did te was Temple Run Unity? Yes. Okay. When did yeah. that come out? 2010, I want okay, to say. So that that's going back three years from mine. Yeah, you want to pull up the list, Andrew, and yeah, see if you I'm can find up. yours. Yeah. Uh, so mine mine was Gone Home. Okay. Um. Yeah, which was 2013, I yes. believe. Um, incredible game, and it, and it's I don't even I don't remember because it it released on PC in 2013, and then and a, and then Fulbright I think over the years put out like the console editions and stuff. Yeah. But I 
there might have been a splash screen. There might not have been. I so funny you should bring that up. Yeah. Once Andrew answers your question, I'll get to why that happened to Fulbright. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, the, I'm very. I, I want to know the oldest Unity game on this list that I played was Kerbal Space Program. I think mm-hmm. um, Kerbal Space Program's on Unity. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm a little surprised at that. One. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't play that one until way after release. So yeah, I, that I, that was mine too. Because Temple Run was after Kerbal, but I didn't play Kerbal at launch. I think. When, when I think did, my actual answer is Thomas was alone. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Thomas was alone. Okay. When did When did Kerbal come out? 2011. That was early access. That right. Was early I was going to say yeah. I don't, the full it, version was probably it, much it, later. It yeah. just stayed in early access for a long time. It yeah. was one of the first early access games and released after so many others. But, yeah. But, I mean, I, it's a complicated game. It's, it's a complicated a, yeah. game. It's a great game. <laughs> uh, but you know, it was there for a while. No, Kerbal's rad. I, yeah. Okay. So, I'm too dumb for it, but I got nothing bad to say about. <laughs> so let me go down my list of hits. Yeah. And then we'll. You'll, See if you can figure out why Fulbright didn't exactly put it on everything. <laughs> okay. So Unity 4.0 launches in 2013 mm-hmm. with support for DirectX 11, Adobe Flash, weirdly enough, mm. and uh, and Linux. So, Which coincides with when Valve started supporting Linux, and it was also about two years after Humble Bundle was a thing. Yeah. And oh, hum- yeah. one of Humble Bundle's things that they did was that every game was DRM-free and ran on Windows, Mac, and Linux. Yes. Yeah. So so that was starting does, to, to gain traction right around that time. Does Twitch.io do that as well? Uh, it's H.io. H.io. Sorry. I, they don't, I mean, they, they sell Mac and Linux games, but they don't require it. You know, no, it, you can yeah. do, you can put... HIO is like a pay what you want model, so yes, you can put yeah. like stuff that's not done on there, like demos. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, but Unity was basically we're adding Linux support exactly when Valve is doing it too. So hey, floodgates, you know. Which, yeah, which yeah, lines yeah. up, right? Yep. Yeah. So in later in 2013, after Unity 4.0 comes out, Xbox 360 and Xbox One support are added to Unity. Hmm. In later on in 2014. No, many 360 games because that would have been pretty close. Yeah, to that would have been late life cycle. Uh. In 2014, a year later, PlayStation 4 support was added to Unity. It's a bigger deal in that, in that year. And uh, we and Andrew were talking about this when we were discussing the script. Uh, in 2015, a very important step, Unity 5 came out, which added real-time global illumination and a new cinematic engine to improve visuals. Because there is a distinct... Andrew was talking about this with me. There is a distinct jump in visual quality of like the base lighting engine from four to five. Mm. You guys, you guys know I was okay. way into Robocraft for a while, right? Yeah. And I knew that was Unity. Robocraft was on Unity four when I first started playing. Oh, it. did they convert it to? <clears throat> they did. Five? Yeah. So like at first it was Unity four and it did not look good, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, like it was not a good looking game. The skybox was a visible box. You could literally see the <laughs> creases yeah. on the box. Uh, and when they updated it to five, like they, you know, they got a lot more lighting bells and whistles and and that game looked a whole lot better after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um I so uh, something else I I do want to ask around what time was the end, did they sort of pivot into like basically allowing 2D stuff to be built within like That was th- Unity 4. That was Unity 4. So so I'll talk about this. So yeah. my first game that I ever made in Unity um was 2D. Was it on four or was it on five? It was on three. Oh, wow. So okay. here's the thing. You were messing with the stuff a while ago then. Here's the thing, because Andrew was talking about the uh, the asset store stuff. When I said you can upload code snippets mm-hmm. to Unity, there were a lot 
the Unity people themselves, it's called, it was originally called Unity 3D. It was supposed to be for 3D games. And and I, I get the forward thinking there of being like, dude, he's fucking dead, dude. <laughs> In like 2002, right? But like... <laughs> 2D made a fucking huge resurgence, yes. right? So uh, like, I, I don't mean to do an, an um actually, oh. but there was a, an interview I listened to a long time ago. I don't have a link to it. I couldn't tell you where I heard it before, but it was one of the guys who founded Unity, and it, he, I believe he was describing that the URL was Unity 3D because they could not get just Unity.com. Oh, or really? But but <laughs> but he made it very clear. He's like, the URL is Unity 3D, but we are just called Unity. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. But they were pro- but they it, were prior. Prioritizing 3D, yeah. and then once yeah. the indie so, scene exploded, so there was a bunch of code packages on the Unity Asset Store, and a lot of them were free uh, to basically make a 2D game. And mm. and the funny thing about Unity is that you are essentially still making a 3D game. Unity. You have it's just a bunch of planes floating in 3D space with a camera pointed at it. <laughs> That's what a 2D game really? made in Unity actually is. Yeah, like it's it's a workaround. It's a 3D engine. It's kind it's, of it's, it's literally it's the way though. the way yeah. Disney filmed their about, their cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's just an literally what camera. I visualized yeah. in my mind. Which <laughs> which we did that. You know you know what parallax scrolling is. Uh, you did explain that to me once before. Yeah, so but... it's like the backgrounds move at yes. different speeds, so it looks gives it some depth. Yeah, we did that where it was like a skybox, and it would spawn yeah. and move past. Like I, like I know, but you uh, but you literally filmed it at different, uh, like away from the camera, yes. and then they would all move at different. I know, speeds. like Ori yeah. does that. Yes, and, yeah. and like a lot of two D games do that, which I mean, is funny. Mar- Mario One does that. They're, yeah, they were doing that back on the NES. And the uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, that's whatever, true. Yeah. I, I guess it's I'm I'm thinking of more modern examples because it's it's very clear when you see it now. That's opposed to yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so 2015 uh, was Unity Five. 2017. We get support for the Nintendo Switch. Makes as well sense. As, That's when it came out. As well as the Vulcan API and a bunch of VR shit. Yeah. Just a bunch of Oculus shit. And they they Vive were shit. They were right. They were they were right at the forefront. They were of that right shit. there at the mm-hmm. right time, which is why most VR games, especially around the launch of yes, the Vive and VR that is first that very big for you. That first Unity, Oculus yeah. was like that was all Unity stuff yeah. because they just had the tools ready and nobody yeah. else did. They they're That's smart. They're pretty quick with this shit mm-hmm. which is another key to their success i think mm-hmm. but yeah to go back to your example of gone home the reason that gone home gone home came out on pc in 2012 20, and then it, i think it's 2013 i think it was 2013 2013 yeah. sorry uh and then it came to consoles later because they yes. didn't have console support when uh... gone home was made so that's why it came to playstation later and that's why it came to the switch much oh, later a... Because that was when Unity added support for those platforms. They basically, when Unity adds support for a platform, they put Gone Home on it. Then you know what else they had to do? In reference to a bunch of old episodes? Then they had to send it in to get raided. That's true. <laughs> which yeah. they didn't need to do on Steam. So shortly after that Nintendo Switch report was added, or maybe the same time, the timelines are a little tricky, Unity ditched numbers, like I said, and now it's just Unity 2017, Unity 2018, Oh, they're doing the yearly... Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. We're no longer at Unity 5. They're not competing with Unreal Netspace. They just do it yearly and okay. add shit all the time. Because I think they realize, like, if we have a lighting engine ready, why wait for Unity 6? Just put it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or a lighting engine update, I should say. 
Um, but a big change, and this is our last huge change for Unity, came in the form of a new competitor. And we're going to jump back in time a little bit. So Ooh. Unity's early success, uh, it was probably attributed, like we said at the very beginning, to the domination of Unreal 3 in the AAA space. Because Unreal 3 was oh, very yeah. expensive uh, to license. <laughs> and that was kind of where Unity slipped in under the radar. Yeah. And so we jump from the early 360 era all the way up to 2014 when we're finally ready to launch Unreal 4. And guess what? <laughs> Unity's gone unchecked for a little too long over <laughs> here. Uh, they're gaining a little bit too much market share out from under Epic. So and, and all of Epic's usual clientele have been purchased by big publishers where they're using their in-house engine. Yes. Like yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. EA and Ubisoft uh, are, are, are probably like the best examples of just like only using their shit. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody, like basically everyone at that size had an engine like that, just about, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, so they were all using their own internal stuff, and because they were all just consolidating, cost they were all consolidating, so the, the mid-size guys didn't exist anymore to license Unreal, you know? Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, right. Epic saw a competitor rising, and I uh, thought they might be leaving some, uh, some money on the table in this new indie space. Uh, at the same time, actually a year earlier, in 2013, Unity, one of Unity's main complaints from people was like, Unity is free, but if we want the full experience, $1,500, like, come on, dude, that's, that's more than like Photoshop. That's a lot of money. Like, yeah. So they switched. Unity Pro went from, you can still pay $1,500 for it, but they intru introduced a subscription model. Uh, oh. Basically... You sign a contract, and at $75 a month with, like, a two-year commitment, essentially like a cell phone plan, you yeah. get Unity Pro up front, and then you pay it as time goes. And if you have a team where everyone needs access to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Unreal 4 was released to certain people <laughs> and students and universities in 2014 and to the general public in 2015. Uh, the new engine was to be made free for all, and instead of paying any costs up front- I remember this. If you make a game in Unreal 4, uh, all you have to do is sign a contract, terms of service, whatever, to give It's not Epic, a profit sharing thing, is it? Yeah. Yeah, 5% okay. cut yeah. on all revenue That's made from I mean. any game in Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, but it's it's also after a certain threshold too. So if, yes. you're, if you're barely selling anything, they don't take anything after I like the first- 30,000? I, th I thought it was the first $10,000 in a quarter. So if you if you make nine thousand dollars in a quarter three like four times a year, so oddly, then they don't take any of it. Okay. But I, I don't know. There was a lawyer who laid this out, and it could have changed since I've seen that video because <laughs> I was I was doing some you know my own side reconnaissance. And, and, well, I was doing yeah. side projects in Unreal for a little while, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, I was curious and all that stuff. So and, and that's how it used to work. Um, but it could have changed. They could have raised the threshold or whatever. No, that's, that's fascinating. I, that's what, I, the only reason I sounded reluctant is because I wasn't sure if that was the, the right answer. But uh, I, Yeah, 5% I, yeah, yeah. yep. of profits. Um, In the grand scheme of things, that's not. No. Uh, this allowed indie developers and amateurs access to the engine at no cost. Yeah. Uh, again, if they are under the threshold. And if you're over the threshold, you're just giving up a cut of your profits. Anyway... This cut into Unity's market a little bit as use of Unreal Engine 4 as opposed to Unreal Engine 3 jumped tenfold with the launch of 4. Yeah. Because 
I, remember, I mean, that, less, was a, less, that was the rivalry for a few yeah, years. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know how many products Unreal 3 versus Unreal 4 ended up at the end of the market, but a lot of people are using this engine, you know, to make fan projects or whatever. So yeah, Unity's response to this, and here's where the splash screen thing comes in. Uh, it says, fuck you, Epic, real small at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Unity's <laughs> That's response, just implied. Yeah. <laughs> Unity's response to this was, uh, one would think to do a similar profit-sharing model or something like that, no. We're sticking with subscriptions. We're okay. sticking with the licensing fees. Stand them by their guns. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention earlier, but I'll get, I'll get there now. It was, ang- it was still, f- Unity by itself was still free, and Pro was still $75 a month, but they added an in-between. They realized, for whatever reason, that there must have been people out there who were making just above $100,000 a month and were like, hey, $1,500 a year is still like not great, man, and, or whatever. So they, they added a Unity Plus, which cost $35 a month and was to, made to fill the gap between hobbyists who were using it for free to make web games and pros who were using it to make. I didn't know they had this many tiers. Like a- yeah, they also, I don't think this is in my script and I don't have all the information on it, but they also have Unity Enterprise. If you're like a huge, huge studio okay, with like 10 plus employees and you're making millions of dollars, it's like a discount from pro as well. I don't know how that works. I didn't look too much into it. But this, uh, oh, also, the license to develop on all platforms uh, was dropped. So that $1,500 to make games for iOS and that $1,500 to make games for Android, yeah, that's yeah. now included in the subscription price. This led to a bit of a ire within the community. A lot of people were very angry because they threw together this subscription model, like I said, now $75 a month, but, uh, but it's no longer like a... It's like this, it's it's an ongoing subscription, right? And then you just get these yearly updates like Adobe does. And people kind of realize, they're like, we did the math and you're charging us more money than when we just paid $1,500. All at once. Yeah. yeah. In addition, you have a lot of people who are like- it seems like a poor tax kind of yeah. situation, right? I'm making games <laughs> for- uh, the Xbox One exclusively, or I'm making games just to put them on Steam. Uh, and my costs have now gone up, and your 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 like little toss to me is like, hey, but now you can develop for iOS, and that's included. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't want to develop yeah. for or, iOS. Or I want to develop for PC. Or you know? maybe your project wouldn't even. Like it, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah. You know, like, uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> depending on how intensive it is, like graphically or how it needs to control or something. Yeah. So this is where the the, the splash screen thing gets a little tricky because uh, originally they their plus subscription had like weird rules where it's like, okay, if you're making $100,000, you can use the free one. But if you're making $200,000, you can use plus. But anything above 200000 you have to get pro, right? And it's like it's if you have if you have pro, uh, you can take out this Unity splash screen we put at the beginning. If you make something for free, you have to leave that Unity splash screen in. But if you have plus, you can maybe take it out. But then later Ugh. they like added it back in, <laughs> and then people got mad and they took it out. My and head. yeah, <laughs> uh, basically they 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 fucked around with this this plus subscription 
quite a few times because people weren't happy with it and they were just trying to they were trying to find that middle ground where people would still pay it but not be pissed at them essentially (laughs) it's what everybody's trying to figure out all the time but so uh i mean if we think about that for a second right uh randy you would say you probably don't have a very high opinion of the unity engine right uh okay so to elaborate on that very quickly i don't have a i i don't like the feel of 3D games in Unity. So let me let me put it. So this nobody way. can pull the Cuphead card on me. No, no, because no, I so, know that that game's fucking amazing and somehow made in Unity. So, but it, it's 2D. So let me put it this way, right? If you are more likely, like which which game do you think you are more likely to see a Unity logo on? One where they don't have to show it because they paid more money because their game <laughs> makes more money, or one where you do have to see it because they couldn't afford to pay more money because yeah, their game the doesn't thing. make more money. So like your opinion of Unity. If you'll allow me to take this, your opinion of Unity is sort of tarnished because all of the games like Kerbal, when you're like, I'm surprised, that's because they paid enough money to take the Unity logo out. But the Unity logo is left in all the games where there maybe wasn't as big a budget. No, no, no. So I, like, you're not wrong, but but it's more, though, that it's like there is a... There are good 3D games made in Unity, as I said earlier with Gone Home, or even something like Super Hot, which is probably the most, in in, in my opinion, the, the best use of, of a first-person game in Unity. Yeah. But it, I still think, by and large, these the, these games are good despite the engine they're running on. Sometimes, it like at least in like things like Firewatch, right, where it's like it's it's a narr- it's story based. It, it doesn't doesn't feel great but it doesn't matter because that's not the point All right, w- but... w- walk with me on a brief walk here randy okay uh marketing works correct right like somebody advertises something you get you become more familiar with a brand and it sticks in your mind um and i'm staring at my beer for a reference okay yeah great <laughs> yeah, make sure it's labeled a camera uh no, no but so it's like if if the thing that you are associating the brand with more is the ones where you see the logo on it Right, the ones uh, where you're not surprised that it's running in it because you already know when you booted the game up that it runs on it. But right, those but those I, games are going to be, on average, the lower tier games. That that association that forms in your mind is, oh, Unity, bad game. No, I don't <laughs> think you could use that on me though, because I, if I'm every game that I play, I want to know more about it. Who you know, who made it, who published it, and 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 all the, like these details. And it's like, so I I would be like encouraged to kind of self-educate and research that mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. anyway but i but i do think that um by and large then yeah that, that does a that would apply to yeah to most people and that so, if, if the first game they played on unity was slender the eight pages and it popped up with that stupid screen you'd and you'd be like well this looks like ass and runs like ass and controls like ass and then and like started with a unity yeah, logo <laughs> and it started with a unity logo so if you saw that again even years later when you're going to play fucking like Beat Saber or something in VR, you'd be like, oh, Unity, I don't know. So it's it's just like it's like that kind of thing. And my defense to this, and we've talked about this before, but we'll air out we'll air out our grievances on the podcast. So basically, I agree with you, but part of the thing that Unity provides and that engines like Unreal, so they have like a default third person or first person controller that you can just drag and drop in. Yeah. That's the thing you don't like the feel of. Right. You're right. And 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 that those those softer rigid body physics that that the built-in colliders and stuff. Yeah. The physics of Unity, that's the kind of stuff that you might not like. Yes. But it's there so that people can just pick it up and use it because if not it would be too complicated. And and you are not married to any of those things yeah. when you use Unity as well. I think it's just like I can't think of a time where 
like I played a, a first person game in Unity and I was just like, oh, this feels this feels great. You know, like uh, unless you guys can. Okay, like, so, I, like, hold I, on. I, like I think Jazz Punk fucking rules. It's probably so, the funniest game ever made. I it it doesn't it doesn't need to feel great. Like it's yeah. not like, you know, that's so, not the, me and Andrew have, uh, me, it's funny you say that, because uh, me and Andrew have prepared a little game. Ooh, a year in the making. <laughs> a year in the making, yes. Okay. We started this at the beginning of quarantine, actually. Um, so. And, uh, and just for reference, I'll, uh, I'll do one of these. Okay. okay. Close my laptop. All I'll right. Put my phone down here. Okay. So we're going to give you a list of, what is it, like 25 games, I think? Yeah. Holy shit. Have we uh, named some already? Yes. Okay. Um, but not many. So you, this is multiple choice. Okay. You are going to tell. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> Holy shit! I am going to read off the name of a game, and you okay. are going to tell me whether it's Unity, Unreal Engine, or neither. Oh, God! Okay? I'm either gonna look like a genius or the biggest idiot. <laughs> so, the the goal of this game is to surprise you, like we did with Kerbal, essentially. Kerbal, I was surprised. Yeah. Okay, so the one we did mention, you already mentioned, first answer, or first question, Cuphead. Yes. That I knew. Right. Well, Unity. But that's, that, yeah, that, the answer is you. Yeah, 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 I mean, I said that earlier, but that's <laughs> uh, that's because I, that's, you know, I w- the, one of the best games from that generation. The uh, the other and, and the other one that we mentioned. And I, and I, and I looked, I looked, because I will say, when I played Cuphead, I wasn't like, oh, this is Unity. It was one of the things I was like. I want to know everything about the production of this game because it's it's so like thoughtful and yeah. and um and you know and and like meticulous with how it's crafted and then I, and that was you know when I when I did that I was like oh shit yes. unity so we have uh, <laughs> we have uh, feels great. the second one that you already brought up and these are the easy ones are at the beginning okay. so oh cool it's Ori and the Blind Forest that was Unity as well yes yeah. okay <laughs> see no. all the people that are using the engine for two D know how to make it. And Number three, Bloodstained. Oh, Bloodstained. I didn't play it, but I watched some people play it. I'm going to say no. Well, there's three answers. Oh, so. yeah. There's three answers. Unity, Unreal, or neither. I'm going to say Unreal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Next up. <laughs> All right, I'm three for three. Baba is you. No, uh, neither. Correct. Yes. I, what was them? Is that like a game multimedia maker? fusion two? Okay. Is the name of the engine. <laughs> yeah, we we do have the list of engines used in the the neither's. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, we do. Um, number four, five, you'll probably get Tetris Effect. Oh, that's Unreal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> number six, Limbo. Oh, li- Limbo is Unity. No, Inside's Unity. I don't know if Limbo is. I'm gonna say Unreal. Neither. Damn it. Custom engine. Okay. It was before both of those engines were made oh. uh, available well, to yeah, when developers. It, uh, okay. Well, Limbo came that out was like 2011 or something. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Um, but I but I am right. I know Inside was the. That's my next question. Uh, okay. Inside. In- inside is Unity. Unity. <laughs> Which uh, I. It's funny because those games are kind of like, sort of floaty in a way that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. They're both um, kind of floaty in the same way. They are, even though I guess they're two different engines, but. Next up, Observation. Great games, but... Oh, Observation. That's the no-code, or... Yeah. What was the... Yeah. The stories untold people. The, um, the space one. Fuck. Unreal. Unity. 
damn. Yep. Because here's the thing. Stories Untold, I know, is unity. Yeah. There's something about the, the, the like, you see the little white dot there and yeah. the, just the way, like, the speed and the, which the turning and the movement mm-hmm. is. But there's, like, observation as you're floating around in space. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't actually walk normally through that whole game. So I just... All, All right. right. Next up. I was wrong there. Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. <laughs> uh... I, that's Unreal, because there's an Unreal shirt in the game that you can yep. buy from the store. That game also sucks. Yeah, and, it does. And, I, and I will say that uh, Observation uh, might be the best feeling 3D. Well, no, you you don't actually control the character directly. You're jumping around with all the cameras. You do walk at some point. You do, you yeah. do. But um, um, but that game looks sharp. We that's specifically cool. added Travis Strikes again to show you that Unreal Engine 4 games can also look like shit. <laughs> um, well, that's, yeah, of course. PUBG's on Unreal 4. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, It Takes Two. Ooh. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, yeah there's no... <laughs> there's no way. Great game. Uh, <laughs> next up, Genshin Impact. Also, hold on. Before I answer this, I can't think of another Unity game that has... Uh, 3D Unity game that does split screen. It's possible. I've made split screen games in Unity before. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you, you can do more than I think most people can. Because, <laughs> um, I, well, I guess I should say just people aren't prioritizing it anymore, sadly. But um, Genshin Impact. Okay, Genshin Impact's on mobile. So I'm going to say Unity. Correct. <laughs> but also, uh, Fortnite is on mobile, dude. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, Unreal Engine 4 does fine. also work That's on That's not mobile. a good metric, but I still <laughs> got it right. <laughs> you did. Um, okay, next up, Shenmue 3. Three. I mean, that's pretty easy. I'm going to say Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> Doing good. Next up. There, there's, there's a specific kind of jank with each of these <laughs> that, I, that I think I have an eye for. Next up, GTFO. That's Unity, which I, I only know because it was like the controller support at launch was very bad. And I was like, the, and once they they sort of patched it in later... It just, it didn't, there, there, there wasn't a lot of, like, weight. I like that game. I think yeah. it, it's doing a lot of really, like, smart and inventive things under the hood, but, uh, but I think, like, raw mechanics of how it plays as a shooter aren't, are kind of stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, great lighting, though, which I, I wouldn't normally associate with Unity. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, ReCore. Ooh. ReCore. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a fifty fifty shot and say unity. Correct. <laughs> and actually, you had a one in three shot. Oh yeah. right. Sorry, are... I keep forgetting that. That's the third, uh, third mm-hmm. option. <laughs> Next up, Minecraft Dungeons. I'm gonna say neither. Okay. And I the only reason is because it, it's Minecraft, and the, you know the the power of Microsoft backing them. I thought that. I feel like they would be more inclined to. This is your first one incorrect. That's a, no. He had at least one other one that was incorrect. I, I right? fucked up observation. Yeah. Oh, uh, you did fuck up observation. That's right. Damn it. Okay. And also, Microsoft makes gears, and that's on Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal Engine Four. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, League of Legends Wild Rift, which is the console. The hell is that? The console and mobile version that they just came out with. What? <laughs> 
When were the last two? <laughs> I'm going to start scantrotting my way through the rest no, of it. No, I specifically said we need to stop making any kind of patterns. <laughs> yep. We, we went There's through no it. There's no pattern. I made Fuck. that specific. We went, we went through it and got rid of patterns. Unreal. Unity. Damn it. <laughs> Next up, Valorant. Mm. Uh, unreal. Correct. Yeah. That's got to be four. Outer Wilds. Unity. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't control good. <laughs> Outer Worlds. That controls better. It does. And I didn't confuse the two of those games this time. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> boy. Neither. Unity, UE4. Mm-hmm. You even put the neither option in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Some I of them aren't. I feel like I would have gotten the other two right. <laughs> um, next up, the witness. Unreal. Neither. <laughs> Custom en- engine written by Jonathan Blow himself. Yep. Uh, I guess I should have suspected that. Brand new language. <laughs> yep. Yep. D- oh, that's so obvious now that you uh, say it. Mm-hmm. Next up, City Skylines. That's Unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played that. That, for fucking some crazy reason, you think that that game is worse than SimCity 2013? It is. <laughs> um, next up, State of Decay 2. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. State of I, Decay. I played that as well. State of Decay 1. On <laughs> a different engine? Could Wait. Be, could be Unreal. Okay, hold on. Bear with me here. Rust is made in Unity. And I feel like State of Decay 1 felt a little rusty. No pun intended. So <laughs> I'm going to say that State of Decay 1 is Unity. Incorrect. CryEngine. CryEngine? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> you're going to tell me you're going to ask Sonic Boom next, you asshole? <laughs> Sonic Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know that's CryEngine. It is. <laughs> a heavily modified CryEngine so that it could run on the Wii U. Because <laughs> yeah, it did that was, not support the Wii U. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That has to be a, a, its own, right? Sure as fuck ain't fucking Unity. I know that much. It either, it, 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 I, but I don't know if it's Unreal. Nothing in Unity could ever look that good. But I'm going to say it's the... I'm going to say it's the third one. It's own. Incorrect. Unreal Engine. Damn it! Final Fantasy Fifteen. Final Fantasy Fifteen would run on a different engine than Seven, Or you just did it to trick me. Four-dimensional chess. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, I'll play your game, sir. Unreal. Wrong. The luminous engine. Ah, that's why. So why did they just stick with the luminous engine again? Because they spent all that money, and the engine wasn't as good as as Unreal at doing the same things. I guess. Also, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake is built on the code base of Kingdom Hearts, which was in Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Same director. Kingdom Hearts three. Yep. I still think I'm good at sussing out the Unity ones, though. Of the one, because I've only technically gotten one wrong in in, in that. Mm-hmm. Was, that, was that the end of the game, or how many do we have left? 
That's the end. Okay. So, like, the, the goal here, too, is that, like, even the ones that you got wrong... I wanted a better shot at redemption. No, but, like, even the ones that you got wrong between, uh, you know, other and unreal is not because Unity is worse at these things. It's, like, it's just inherently not. You can make any of these engines do just about anything. Resident Evil 7 could be built in Unreal. Like, the, or in Unity, I mean. There's actually <laughs> nothing stopping it. Like, the, the whole... Like, Maybe when you say... In, hold in on. Technically. No, no. Right, let, me, let me just stop you here. When when you say I like that engine for I the love R, the, I love for the engine, RE yeah. engine, it's it doesn't really make any sense from your perspective to say that because all it, well, all you're really saying is the things that that engine does quickly that they're able to do most commonly are things that you uh, uh, value things that you like but it doesn't the way things animate or the way but they're lit the way, or the way that they the way things the way feel. things animate and the way that they move and feel has nothing to do with the engine you can make that work in any engine you can make super smash brothers melee in unity and i know that because i work on rush down revolt <laughs> and that is a unity game <laughs> and and all, you, all you're doing like when you're talking about the feel of movement it's how quickly do you accelerate what when you get to your max speed is there camera bob yeah like yeah. It, there are all kinds of other things that well, then, affect the feel and you are putting that all together as one thing and like austin said there is a default like first person template and yeah. maybe your game like gone home doesn't really need to mess with the movement at all because you really just need to open doors and read notes so yeah. so it's like there's no real need to reinvent the wheel there so it doesn't matter how the movement feels and if you really cared about that movement feel you could make everything like you could make your first person shooter feel exactly like halo there's nothing stopping you you just have to observe what did Halo do to get that acceleration that jump arc whatever right. and implement it in unity there's nothing stopping but you it, it... You're right. Mm -hmm. I just think the the grander question is then that it's like sometimes the engine tells a different story about what's prioritized, and maybe I think that's in term. The thing I said before is in terms of Unity's, what you see when you see like a, a Unity game, right? Is like less the story there is less about like what are the developers prioritizing and more about like. It was a. It was just a dude who had an idea, and he needed the simplest way to execute on it. Because as somebody who has tried to work in both Unreal and Unity, I will give you that Unreal is a little fast tracks you a little bit to being more powerful. In that, I think Unreal has a much better lighting engine than Unity, even after the updates right. Unity Five introduced. But in terms of ease of use, in terms of like simplifying everything so that you can get from the shortest path from idea to execution, I think that's what Unity does so well. Right, but because that's the thing, it's like I think what Andrew is pointing out to me, and 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 is and, and I understand is that it's like playing favorites with engines really really only applies to the development side of things because I'm yeah. I'm sure it's, one of them might lend itself better to how you work with it over another but i think it's like with me it's like unity is in my brain grown to have this sort of distinct feel because of how many like because of its accessibility and it's unreal less so and 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 that's the most of the questions that uh, i got wrong were tied to that because it's like a lot of the games you names that are working with unreal weren't made by indies at all so it's like the mm -hmm. way that their like production pipeline and the way that games are presented and the way that they feel it's like they're spending more time on that because they can they have the resources to and also yeah. that that's sort of like 
You're not wrong. A and, big thing that separates, you know, like a, a larger studio from a small studio. But, you know, a larger studio will sometimes use Unity. So, like, you know, um, right. Valve used Unity to make the lab for VR. Uh, because Which is funny, but they didn't stick with it for Alex. They didn't stick with it because mm. their engine was not ready for VR. So it's like yeah. they had to get something out to sell their, their VR stuff, like the, their demo, basically. And they're like, hey, well, Unity's ready now, which is like what we were getting yeah. at. It's like they were all, Unity was always there for the new platform when people needed it. Um, and, and it's capable of some powerful visuals. That game still, like, the lab has... No, I played the lab. Yeah, yeah, it has great visual fidelity. Like, it controls fine. Obviously, it's not really big I mean, on, do you on think, 3D movement. Do you but... think the lab might be, like... I'm trying to think of the... Probably what the most expensive game that used Unity ever ever was. Um, I don't know. Did we answer that question in our no, research? No, but I can look it up. Um, yeah. And it... So it's like I uh, I understand like the that there's a lot of um, Genshin Impact might be up there. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Genshin Impact, I think <laughs> Genshin yeah Genshin Impact makes a lot of money. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, by continually working on it, they've definitely He's scaled right. it up for yeah. sure. But I mean, like there are big uh, you know indie games that come out all the time, like big indie games. But they're like there are big games with bigger and bigger production value every year. That are coming out on Unity, and the same is true for Unreal. You know, like yeah. it, it, it took a long time for you to see the fruits of the labor that started in 2015 when Unreal went with the more public license. Yeah. Um. That there's actually one other point I wanted to give you about the difference uh, and similarity between Unity and Unreal, and that's that. Um. If I said Unity is a black box, would you know what I meant by that? It's. Uh, I'm afraid not. No. Okay. So, uh, basically, uh. Unity is a product that there are going to be parts of the code that you'll never be able to see. They have opened up more of it in response to Unreal, but the thing that Unreal does, um, in addition to that very low code thing where you can just drag and drop that I was talking about, um, is they give you full access to the source code in the event that you need to modify anything. And Unity doesn't do that, and I think part of it is because they just want to be able to have the export all function not be tampered with, I guess, you know, right. um, and, you know, also some whatever proprietary, you know, trade secrets they have as well, but... Um, but that is a strength of Unreal that um, as you're, this is an engine limitation that you could say, oh, I recognize this about this engine, is that in Unreal 3, you'll recall that on that console generation, there were a lot of textures that popped in way late. No, totally. Right? Yeah. And like that was that was a, a problem that they had partially with the hardware being lower powered than, than it you know could have been to run those same games, but also just the way that it loaded in assets. So that is a thing that you could recognize happens in the engine if you had access to the source code, you know, like let's say you were NetherRealm or uh, Irrational, yeah. um, you could rewrite that part of the code to do what you needed it to do, you know. Um, oh, and as for, you know, games made by bigger studios on Unity, like uh, we had Hearthstone on our list before and that was cut, you know. But Hearthstone, Magic Arena, and yeah. Legends of Runeterra are all the Unity. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know, to, it is the quickest way to prototype that game, and then to polish it up from there is, yeah. you know, lickety-split. And, and you're right in that, like, a Unity game doesn't inherently mean by an, uh, <laughs> by any, like, amount of imagination that, it, like, it can't be a polished experience. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's like, I think, to me, a, a dedicated game engine, like, for example, like the Fox engine, it feels so, like this was meant for this purpose, and I think that does kind of, like, serve a role in how sure. games are shaped into what the they are, I mean, you that's, know, through, that, all, through every stage of production. That's why Epic insisted on always making their own games alongside their engine so yeah. they could eat their own dog food, so to speak, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and as they see what they need when they're building stuff, then they, you know, expand out the... the functionality yeah. of the engine. I mean, sure, Unreal does that too. That's exactly Gears what I'm saying, of, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Gears yeah. of War yeah, and of Fortnite. Epic, Epic was always making their own game alongside it. Um, 
there was another point I had to make about that, but now I've forgotten it. Uh, right. And and maybe it is easier for like. Oh, sorry. The the oh, Fox right, engine. Yeah. yeah. So the um uh the the drawback to that is that let's say you're EA and you have Frostbite engine, which is technically capable of everything you need it to do. Uh, but then you decide, what if we made a fourth Mass Effect game that was bad? <laughs> and uh and then you've got this you know first person shooter game that doesn't know how to do third person stuff. So then when you hand it off to Bioware, they have to code their own you know third person camera, which is different than a first person camera in a few and ways. It absolutely. It's is. not that it could never be done in that engine, but when you have a tool like Unity or Unreal it's meant to handle as many genres and common use cases as possible right. and when you have an engine like frostbite that was only ever made for battlefield and you yeah. have to do literally anything else it's not going to be great at it you know yeah. so then you cause a lot of problems for your developers who need to use it because you were trying to save five percent on all your proceeds <laughs> you know what i mean so it because that's the thing it's like sure maybe there are like the unity engine is capable of doing all the things that you know of all these same with unreal but it it's sometimes it's like maybe it could be easier to do in this one engine over the other. It's, right. I, I think we we talked about in the um, uh, the Destiny uh, episode about how they had like how that game they had to like render the whole thing while yeah. they while they were working on it. It's like that is that's an example of like well like hey when that game came out like it looks great and runs great and everything it still does yeah. but they in the production like you know like the developer side of things there there were some. Yeah. Some aches and pains about how to. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, you didn't feel that one on. Uh, you know, when the, the controller was in your hands, but you felt it in the release date getting pushed back and, and the game getting <laughs> yeah. reworked. You know, it's right. like. So I mean, that's yeah. That's but that's ultimately what an engine is, and why it's like when you say yeah. you like the RE engine, you like the things that it spits out very quickly. Uh, but yeah, but <laughs> and, it could and, be done in any engine. And yeah, we we talked about like the game engine matters a lot more from the game development perspective. And it's like it's it's all about choosing what engine will get you from point A to release in yeah. the quickest way possible. And companies sometimes find a way to repurpose that stuff well. How like the they Siege do. runs on the Assassin's Creed Unity's engine, but the, and, yeah, and Metal Gear Survive runs on the Metal Gear Solid Five engine. You know, <laughs> it was well repurposed. <laughs> hey, PT did so that they know that first person and can but like work real well in it. But like if you if you scroll up and down the list, of, the list of the list of Unity games, right? It's like every mobile, I know you don't like mobile games, but every mobile version of like a console game. Yeah, I, know you Call, think I think of, Call of Duty's. Call of Duty is, Mobile is built in Unity. Yeah. Elder Scrolls Legends, the card game, yeah, and, a bunch of uh, and Blades, I think, is also built in Unity. Blades was the real winner. Yeah, <laughs> su super, all, this, all the Mario shit that Nintendo's been putting out yeah, on phones. Hit after hit. <laughs> You're not hearing my point, though. Sorry. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> The, the point of that is that Mario, Super Mario Run is essentially a 2D Mario game, like the new Super Mario Brothers games that runs by itself and you hit one button to jump. Mm -hmm. And it was easier for them to rebuild that entire thing from the ground up in Unity <laughs> than it was to take the engine that they built for fucking new Super Mario Brothers. All these assets and art yeah. that they already have. Yeah, no, to take good. that... That thing, the entire engine they built for New Super Mario Brothers, and just put it on iOS. <laughs> it was easier to rebuild the whole thing from the ground up in Unity, and that's Unity's strength. That no, that's a great. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to end on. Yeah, but I, I you know, I stand by it in that it's like, uh, I'll play a game that I'm interested in, regardless of engine, and if it, and I, I am more than happy to be proven wrong if you know. For, you know, for whatever reason, the Titanfall three is on Unity, and I'm just like, this fucking feels awesome. Like, that knows? could that could happen. It could happen. 
I don't know. There's nothing yeah. that would stop it from happening. My heart's open. Uh, the list of games that you named, there are some absolute bangers on there. Yeah. But, uh... Like how... It, this more, it was just a chip on my shoulder that it continuously uh, grew into a bit. But... Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how, like, Jedi Fallen Order was built in Unreal? Yes, that's and it, definitely And Unreal. it feels like it absolute fe- fucking garbage <laughs> to control? <laughs> I, I have no horse in this race, <laughs> listeners. I uh, I haven't played it. Uh... I, I, to your point, un, like base, like Unreal without doing a lot of work to it has have a distinct feel as well, and 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 a look, as you said, like the especially when you pointed the textures thing out, like there was a there's a time, especially later in the 360 and PS3s like uh, era, that you could you would notice certain graphical glitches that made what it was running on very obvious. Yeah, but... yeah, <laughs> but yeah. That's, All right. Uh, that's the story of Unity. Um, I don't really have a conclusion. Uh, no, we kind of we kind of covered we, we everything. Concluded. Yeah, and the yeah. new and the new consoles obviously all yeah. support the Series X and S and PS5 and yeah. I think that, you know so. Unity. Unity. Many the more thing years. that Unity does the best is that their cross-platform support is one of the things that leads to a lot of drawbacks of the engine is kind of like that ability to just port it onto anything. With... Yeah, I mean, even the, uh, going back to we, Night Trap, the new, uh, like the new version yeah. of it that they just put out was in, out, Unity. That, was in yeah. Unity. That pack of old Doom 1 and 2, that was in Unity. That was in Unity as well. The, yeah. That Sega Genesis Classics collection on Steam and consoles, that's yeah, Unity that wrapper, sense. where they will put you in a kid's room with the CRT TV and <laughs> that's everything. That's right. That's, yes. that's, that's Unity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and the other thing that they do so well is this, is just this, support for platforms like unity was not much and then the i then the ios store came out and then Mm. all of a sudden half the popular ios games were built in unity you know and then unity was kind of losing a little bit more steam to unreal and then all of a sudden vr hits and you know as successful or not as vr is every fucking vr game is built in unity like it not all of them but most of them are especially early on yeah especially early on and I think that um, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, you talk about like Final Fantasy VII remake being like that couldn't be done in Unity, but it could be done in Unreal. Sorry, it's, I was a little hyperbolic. It's possible, <laughs> but the thing is, like, be a lot of more effort. There's a lot of games in there that I mentioned that were made by indie developers. Whether it be Unity and Unreal, and that's Unity's doing. If Unity never existed, Unreal 4 would just be a thing that you had to pay a million dollars to license. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Getting, getting, uh, the ultimate goal is to get game development to the hands of more people. Agreed. Because there are, a lot of, there are a lot of barriers to making a game, and there are a lot of people with good ideas, and the lower you can make those barriers, the better. I think we're all in agreement. And there are a lot of people with really bad ideas also. but <laughs> And now we can see them yeah, yeah. because Unity made it easy. Like yeah. the people who made Metal Gear Solid. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love the Fox engine. That game sucks. Uh, that's what Andrew was saying. <laughs> I know. I wanted to reiterate. There's some plugs out. I got an angry P. Isn't, isn't Monster Hunter Rise made in the... No, that's still empty framework. Never mind. I don't mm. know. Devil May Cry 5 is on the Reach for the Moon engine. Yes. And Everyone's feels, favorite engine. Great. Great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. Yeah. Um, 
you can find oh wait uh i know andrew's got some plugs Plugs, plugs, oh, plugs. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, if, if I'm starting off with plugs, sorry. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll plug the social media after you're done. Yeah, but. so uh, I work on a, a a little fighting game called Rushdown Revolt. It's pretty cool. It's like Smash Brothers uh, crossed the, with Guilty Gear. In the Unity it engine. It is built in the Unity <laughs> engine. That's that's why, I mean, you guys scraped the bottom of the barrel for experts on the subject, but you found me. Yeah, uh, and, uh, very funny. And yeah, so by the time this airs, we ought to have uh, our latest playable character available. So you can check that out at rushdownrevolt.com and uh, get yourself uh, some early access. And it's a 2D game, so you know it feels awesome. Well, it is a, a 3D asset that's game a, that's what I meant. Yeah, that sorry. operates on a 2D, <laughs> a 2D plane. plane. Yes. And, and, and it, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't feel like every Unity game. Because who could possibly think that every sure. Unity game would feel the same? <laughs> All the 2D ones feel different. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did not mean to disparage the artists who are creating 3D <laughs> models. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> You hear that, Cuphead people? He hates you. <laughs> no, I don't. I um, love them. Well, yeah, Please release your DLCs <laughs> at <Yeah>. some point. <laughs> I want to play Oh, yeah. It. Speaking of games made on Unity, Hollow Knight Silk Song <laughs> and Hollow Knight. Eh. Um, I yeah, I don't like Hollow Knight. Yeah, I don't care about Hollow Knight. But a lot of people, a, a lot, lot of people, people really want Hollow Knight Silk Song to come out, yeah. um, including I, including a, a good friend of ours. So I, uh, I, yeah. I apologize for I didn't play it, so I'm sure yeah. it's, it's uh, wonderful. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you <laughs> want to find more, including our Unreal episode that I talked about, and what else did we mention? We mentioned a couple of them. You can find all those and more at hotbuttoncast.com. Yes. Uh, you can find the podcast on any uh, podcast service that you want. Just go on there and look up Hot Button or Hot Button Podcast. You should find us. Um, and, yeah, you can follow our social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. And, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Thanks for having me. Oh, and yeah, I just wanted to say back. Monster Hunter Rise is on the Reach for the Moon engine. So there you go. Hell, yeah. Really? Yeah. Hey, that's stupid. What a uh, <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for being here. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.